0: The challenge comes out in everything. Failure is inevitable and I learned so much. We learn more from our failures than we do our successes. I think it's amazing to do a shoot in the middle of a shoot being like, we didn't prepare well enough for this. We didn't didn't do this well, we didn't do that well. And it gets me excited because I'm like, oh great, yes. Learning opportunity, teachable moment. This is an opportunity to do this and to, to be better right now.
1: Welcome to The In Factor, conversations about how great entrepreneurs started, stumbled, and succeeded. I'm Rebecca White, and joining me today is Creative Director and Entrepreneur, AJ Favicchio. AJ is one of the partners of LA-based videography and photography director duo, Miles and AJ. The pair has worked on both commercial and music-related projects for industry giants, such as Interscope, Hyatt, Columbia Records, and Disney and has collaborated with some of the world's most popular artists like Billy Ellish, Adam Lambert, and CNCO on videos amassing hundreds of millions of views. In this episode, AJ shares with us his experience as an entrepreneur in the saturated creative space of LA and how he was able to master his craft and gain such extraordinary results. Please enjoy this conversation with AJ Favicchio. I'm really excited, AJ, to have you here with me today. It it takes me back a few years. Actually, you're the first student, a former student that I've had on the show. So really excited to have you here. I think we were just talking about the fact that you graduated about six years ago, and I can't believe that. But you were in our entrepreneurship program and also studying videography. So I love the intersection of that and was always really proud of your work there as a student. and really proud to see what you're doing today. So thank you.
0: Thank you, Doctor. Thank you for having me.
1: Sure. So you were here in Tampa. You're from the Northeast, I think, originally. moved to Tampa to university and uh, about three years ago moved out to LA after trying to make it in Tampa, actually, I think, but found that you had a lot more opportunity in LA. How's it been out in LA? Tell me a little yeah. bit about experience there?
0: It's been great. It's been a step in the direction that I was always wanting to grow. The move, although it was a move to the big city and that was a risk, it was a big risk. And it was a move to kind of change pace in terms of what I was doing. The work that I was doing in Tampa was more production-based in terms of small businesses. I was making content for small businesses and I was a, a one-man band type of production company, which is they're everywhere, especially right now with the technology boom that's happened over the last five to 10 years, giving young people the access to HD cameras and also editing software that, you know, 15 years ago was not possible. It's right. now very, very possible. Right. So the move to Los Angeles was a move because I felt the only way to grow in that city or even if I went home was to grow laterally and I wanted to grow vertically. Right. I really wanted to direct film and direct TV and this was my chance to do so. So LA has been college in a certain way. It's been learning a new thing and understanding a new style of filmmaking that I wasn't doing in Florida and I wasn't doing as a production company like for myself. So it's been a a wild experience. And we're right now chomping at the bit to take that next level up and to start doing more commercial-based work and work with big ad agencies across the country. So...
1: That that? is so exciting. Well, you really hit the ground running out there. I know one of the first videos that you and your business partner, Miles, directed was for recent Grammy Award winner, Billie Eilish, for her music video, Bellyache, Mm -hmm. which now has over 300 or 400 million views. So it's done really well. At the time the video went out, Billie, I think, was 16, right? And fairly new to the industry. Did you ever anticipate this would get so much attention?
0: It's interesting. It's super humbling to look at that video and to see how big it got. But it's more of a testament to her as an artist. And that's the most rewarding part in this creative field is to work with these new and emerging artists, especially at that time. That was probably our second video, one of our first videos for a major record label. She was signed to Interscope. Uh-huh. So that was one of our first videos we did when she was signed and when we were signed to a production company. And from that shoot, we kind of... Well, the buzz was like, this girl's going to be somebody because she mm-hmm. was so young. Her style was so distinct. She wasn't a product of the label where you can sometimes see the label has to do a lot of work to really turn these artists into the vision that they are, into like the, the way that they're going to market this artist. And she didn't need any of that. Everything was herself. Everything was her own doing. So she created a concept of that video. She had a loose concept and we took it and we added our own sauce to it. We added our own style to it and we brought it to life and you know added our own elements. At the end of the shoot, it was Miles, myself, and our executive producers and we were sitting and we had just shot a video for a different artist, I think a week before. And she was probably at the same level as Billy. She had one or two songs out. She had just gotten signed. She had been discovered by virtue of her YouTube video, you know, just like a lot mm-hmm. of artists were discovered and right. they both had gotten signed at the same time. And we said, yo, who do you got your money on? Who do you put your money on? And everyone was like, yo, it has to be Billy. Like, Billy. It, was, it was known from that point. You know, the rest is history. She was a rocket ship after that. We did another video for her after that. And then she just like kept climbing and that was three years ago. And She's 18 now. She was, I think she was 15 when we shot.
1: 15, wow. Yeah.
0: The buzz was there. So it's amazingly humbling to see how well it did. And that video gave us a lot of attention when we did
1: that. Yeah. You know, that's not the only one you've done. You've done some other really amazing creative Mm -hmm. videos. And I took a look at some of them. How did you get there? Of course, I know your creative work from many years ago. You did a great video for us Mm -hmm. at the university and with very little money and (laughs) a lot Mm -hmm. of creativity. But how did you get to this point? You know, doing people like Jaden Smith and Billy Ellish and...
0: I think the biggest thing I always come down to is taking the risks when they knock, answering the door when someone's at the door. And it's also a little bit of luck. Miles and I had spoken about working together as business partners when we were living in Tampa, and it just didn't feel right. We didn't know how to do it. We were both independent. And at that level, everything is very one-man band. As a shooter, you you have the camera yourself, you light everything yourself, you mic all the talent up and you come up with the concept and you do everything kind of alone. Then you also edit everything alone. So it was difficult to see how two people who are, you know, videographers who do everything working together and who gets what client and how does the division of money work and division of labor work. And it's difficult at that level because at that level you do everything. Mm -hmm. So we grafted an agreement and never really signed it. And then but eight months later, Miles had an opportunity to move to LA to shoot videos for this emerging company. And then they offered him a job and they offered me a job soon thereafter. They actually proposed to Miles, hey, do you have a friend or a business associate you work with that would be willing to come out and you know, shoot photo and help you produce and help you work on these videos? And me being who I am, I was like, that's it. Like, I'm gone. Like, I knew right away that this was like an opportunity not only to move to LA, which is something I've always wanted to do but also to work at a level that I wasn't doing here. And I remember specifically telling my parents, I say, like, when am I going to get this ticket again? When am I going to have this chance to go again and do this and move somewhere and also work with a kid who is doing great work and, and to do this? Like, I knew it right away. There was no question. And ironically, the company that hired Miles and that eventually kind of hired me was a dead-end opportunity. It was kind of was a lot of red... Looking back, it's laughable because there's plenty of red flags that I was my ambition blinded me. I was like, well, I'm going. It doesn't matter. It's fine. It taught us some lessons. And I'm granted, it wasn't as catastrophic as it could have been because it could have been way, way worse. But right at that moment, when I had moved out, Miles had gotten reached out to by a music manager because he knew he was a shooter. He knew he was an editor. and He knew he owned a camera to shoot a video for a rapper who also was featuring Jaden Smith. And this was at the point when Jaden was known because of his family, but he wasn't known as an artist. He wasn't known as a musician. So Miles did that video. And then by the time I had already gotten out to LA, Jaden called Miles and was like, hey, would you do a video? So that's when I was like, okay, we're, mm-hmm. I felt great. I felt yeah. amazing because I'm like, okay, this is a name. This is someone we can make an amazing video. He was super collaborative so within a couple months, I was at like Jaden Smith's house and I was like, what the heck is going on? And <laughs> it, was, it was pretty surreal. And then at that point, someone saw that video, we got connected with a production company that was fairly new. And then we got signed to a production company, which then got us an agent, just like an actor has an agent. We had an agent for music videos and now they were putting our name in the hat to all the record labels for future videos. And then a few months after that is when Billy was on the table and we decided like, hey, this is a good opportunity. And budget was like, no, it was like nothing. It was microscopic, right. especially in the right. record label, it size music videos and it was nothing. We're like, we should do it. This song's amazing. This girl looks amazing. You should do it. And then the rest- It's about
1: building it. brand, right? Yeah, definitely- that, that
0: was it. Those two videos still to this day People talk about, and right. for the first year of a year and a half, everyone was always saying, "I love your Billy video, I love your Jaden video." And it's like it was kind of bittersweet. We're so like, "Well, we have all this other great stuff too. You should look at everything else." But those two videos were the catalyst that propelled our careers.
1: Isn't that the life of the creative? Though people are always picking out one or two things and mm-hmm. the most commercialized. And you're over here loving sometimes yeah. something else. My mom was an artist, and I remember that mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. her. Well, you know, I can even remember back to when you were studying business and videography, you really loved the creative side, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think that what you learned as a business in the business classes have helped you? Because you said there were some red flags, but, you know, things could have been a lot worse. Has it helped you navigate that, even though you're creative more than you are maybe a business person?
0: I think I was lucky And I was also aware of it very early on. And I was in the film program and I wasn't fulfilled in the sense I wanted to be fulfilled in. And the film program was more theory-based and it wasn't fulfilling me in the level that I wanted to. And I knew right away. And I remember one of the professors, Tom Garrett, who is an amazing film guy, Mm -hmm. who's at UT. He's like talking about entrepreneurship. I was thinking of marketing. And he's like, "Yo, you should look into entrepreneurship. And I value my entrepreneurship education almost more than my film education. the only thing was that gave me the camera film program gave me access to the equipment and the entrepreneurship program gave me the platform to do everything I needed to do. And I wasn't making films. A lot of film students were making films and part of me, like wish I had, wish I had done that a little bit more, but I was turning it into a business from the start. From the very beginning I was using cameras and making videos for different programs and for different businesses in Mm -hmm. the area Dr. Boyd, you connected me with a bank in Tampa, which I was a kid walking in there with a camera. And I'm like, oh, yeah. thinking, about that, <laughs> thinking about that now is like laughable because I'm like, I had no experience. I had no idea what I was doing. And it was just jumping into the pool. I never had a fear of jumping into the water. I never had a fear of jumping off the bridge or the dock of the boat. And that was something I carried with me. And I value that entrepreneurship education was such a eye-opening experience that even now, I'm talking and collaborating and working. At the end of the day, it's all business. And at the end of the day, life is business anyways. And that being able to combine the creativity side of things with the film side of things, with the creative business opportunities has been just harmonious. And I that's value my, that
1: so Yeah, much. that's my favorite thing, the intersections. That's yeah, what I think yeah. the most powerful and exciting things are. So, you know, if you had to give somebody else advice who kind of is interested, you know, you're obviously very creative and talented, and I've seen that creativity at work. What advice would you give to somebody who's working in a space like yours that might be struggling? Oh. You know, you said some of it's luck, some of it's knowing, you know, mm-hmm what to do. Do you have any advice that you would pass along to get to where you are? And you're not definitely where you're going to be, but you're on your way, which is pretty powerful.
0: Right. Such a million dollar question that I get a lot from different people and from friends and, you know, acquaintances who are at different levels and, you know, maybe doing what I was doing five years ago or still doing that now and, you know, trying. And the one thing I always look at is it's such a widespread of paths you can take to get to the same point. Even Miles and I. Miles has been editing on Final Cut One since he was 13 years old. And I was a movie nerd when I was a kid. I watched the same movies over and over and over again. And then I decided to do video when I was in college. I had a small business making videos for other small businesses. And it allowed me in that process, and I think the biggest thing was allowing yourself to figure out what you like and what you don't like. And working at that level, when you first start, you do everything. You have to do everything because there's not enough money to go around and someone's hiring you just one person to make a video for their gym or their small business that you have to do. everything. You can't hire all these people. You have to have the gusto to go ahead and do it, to sell yourself. You have to have the talent to go in order to do it because everyone has a camera, everyone has everything. So it's not even like you have any proprietary information. All you have is yourself. So the idea of doing everything in order to figure it out and figuring out what you don't like and figuring out what you don't like allows you to draw that path and to follow that path and to figuring out what it is that you're good at. For example, by nature, I am not an editor. I don't like editing. I never even liked editing, but I had to do it and I was okay at it. I was pretty good at it. It wasn't what I knew. I knew I didn't want to do it forever. So starting that, it showed me like, it showed me what I was good at. And even at the beginning, I realized I was good at writing and ideation. Writing was always something that I love. And that video you mentioned, oh. Dr. White, which was for the UT program.
1: Uh-huh. That
0: video came to another video I did when I was in Rome, Italy, I went to visit my university. Right. I remember and I that. Abroad so. Rome. And that was all writing. And even at that level, it like was there, but it never was super clear. And I didn't know how to label what that was. Is that directing? Is that writing? But I just made a video. It's really difficult to see the lines in the sand and to figure out what job is what. So the more you do and the more I did, I started to realize and I started to define what it is that I did. And that came down to writing, being creative director and understanding how the division works. And that just comes from trial and error. It just came from doing everything and trying new things and, and experiencing things. And just you have to try to catch a wave, and you're going to fall when you catch some waves. And you have to go into the ocean in order to do that. And if right. you're not, then right. what are you actually doing? You're just pretending, or you're just sitting on the beach with your surfboard, and nothing's going to get done and nothing's going to be accomplished.
1: You know, that's really interesting to hear you talk about that because. I recall looking back at some of those videos that you were a great storyteller. So that's back to the, the writing. And you, mm-hmm. you tell it with words, but also with video. And mm-hmm. that was what, you know, we talked about the bank because I was on that board. And mm-hmm. and what you did was tell a story. And mm-hmm. that's so hard to do for the average person, I think, Mm. a lot of times, you know, to tell a story in things like video or even in words. So Mm. that's really powerful. You know, you mentioned that you're going to fall and Mm. you're going to fail along the way. And I confess to you before we started talking that, you know, I'm new to this podcasting, which, by Mm. the way, I'm having so much fun with, because I'm one of my favorite things to do is just talk to people. And mm. hear what they're thinking and I happen to do a podcast and forget to record it and um, <laughs> you said that's everybody's nightmare and that's yeah. in the space so have you faced any challenges or failures along the way and if so how did you handle them what did you learn from them
0: yeah every day every shoot every process of trying to come up with an idea the biggest challenge I realize is that we're not against anybody else. I'm not competing against other directors. I'm competing against myself. I'm competing. Me and Miles are competing against ourselves. That's the only real competition we have. It's your competition, the ability to stay positive, to stay motivated, to stay creative. Everyone else is allies. Every other creative is allies. Every the director, every the writer are allies to help you and to share that experience with us and to understand that this is something we all go through. And you're in the trenches with all the other people. So those challenges are internal and they're something that comes about every single day. I think real challenges in more practical and more reality-based sense is the challenges of conveying your vision and conveying our vision to the people who have the decision-making power, the creative process, which a lot of times looks like me sitting on my rug and my couch, just playing with a Rubik's Cube, listening to a song over and over and over again, trying to come up with an idea for this music video. I think it's interesting with music videos. It's so short term. We'll get sent a song in a brief and we have to come up with an idea within two to three days.
1: Wow. Maybe like a
0: day. So it's not like, you know, we have months and months or weeks to think about anything and we don't even guarantee we get the job. We're just competing on the job. So we have to sit there and we have to just, all right, we have a couple hours. Let's go. Let's play darts. Let's play catch. Let's try to do it. Luckily, I have someone to share that with. I have a brother to share that with in this process. Miles and I have the ability to talk about it, which I value immensely. So the challenge comes out in everything. Failure is inevitable. And I learned so much. We learn more from our failures than we do our successes. I think it's amazing to do a shoot in the middle of a shoot being like, we didn't prepare well enough for this. We didn't didn't do this well. We didn't do that well. And it gets me excited because I'm like, oh, great. Yes. Learning opportunity, teachable moment. This is an opportunity to do this and to, to be better right now. There's two points to that. The the first is the the battle is won before it is fought. And that is Sun Tzu, The Art of War. And then the other book is called The War of Art. And that's by Stephen Pressfield, which is a play on that title. And the concept that I really resonated with was if it scares you, that's what you should do. If something scares you, if the risk scares you, if the decision scares you, that's what you should be doing. Because no one does anything that doesn't feel like it's a move or it's a big move. And it, if it doesn't scare you, it doesn't matter. So risks are intimidating and that's what the motivation is. And, you know, nobody likes lukewarm coffee. It's either hot right. coffee or, or iced coffee. Challenges and obstacles are going to approach me every single day. And it's a matter of just powering through them.
1: Yeah, getting your head wrapping your head around that. That's yeah. so awesome. I love that you look at every failure along the way, almost now, in a way that it's a very positive thing. Because yeah, okay. it's getting you closer to what you're trying to do and, and that yeah. is you know do your storytelling have you had mentors along the way that have helped you and do you have any stories or anything you want to share about the role of mentors in your life mentors.
0: I haven't had a mentor specifically in filmmaking that I like look at and be like, this is who I want to be never had someone like that but my teachers across my experience in college and in high school and also my coach my experience at UT There are several professors, you being one of them, Dr. White, in terms of opening up that portion of your mind that tries to make those connections and find those intersections and think creatively and, and experience what we're all doing here, trying to get a job and trying to pay the bills and trying to pay rent, but just like looking at it in a different way. And I think I value my time and the entrepreneurship program so much because it gave me the ability just to be like, oh wait, you can do this. You you can just start doing that because it is in your grasp, because you are people that you can ask questions to. There are people who have done it before you. And it's a lot of times the research and seeing someone do it, I'd be like, that's doable. I can go online, fill out some paperwork, pay a hundred dollars, and have a business now. Like, okay, great. So no one in particular that I, I could pinpoint. I think one other person was my swim coach in high school who I still am friendly with today. I'm friendly with her family and everyone. And I, I talked to her on a regular basis. And that was from when I was 14, 15, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. And she would give us advice and she would have us write our goals and have us do all of that, which at the time for me, I was on this team as a way to stay fit and to stay in shape as more, less than to be a competitive swimmer. And she would have us write all these down. And at the time, it didn't matter. And now I look back, I'm like, oh, yeah, she got it. Like, she yeah. knew. She was instilling those things in us at, when I was 14. And you don't appreciate it when you're 14. But at 28, now I'm like, right. Like, that makes yes, sense. Yeah. That's what you have. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. So,
1: Yeah, that's really cool. So, AJ, you've had a lot of success and you're still Mm -hmm. very young. I couldn't be more proud of you. And and I could see from the beginning when I saw your videos that, you know, you were going to do really well. And I know it's you're just getting started, but I'm so proud of you at 28. But what's next? I know you're headed in a direction. Tell us a little about that.
0: Right. So for the last three years, we've been doing mostly music videos and music videos I will be indebted to and the the experiences we've had have been great. It's always a little bit of a stepping stone. You can grow as a music video director. We're hoping now at this moment to start to pivot and we were close. We're like right at the threshold, chomping at the bit, knocking at the door of working in commercial space. And the commercial space is through usually marketing agencies. There's different types of commercial space. Sometimes it's on a local level. Sometimes it's on a branded content level, which is where they're much smaller and they're more like over the internet and social based. But the 32nd national air TV spots is where we want to head. So that's what is next for us at the present moment. And I would say maybe a few blocks down that road from there is narrative and TV and movies is where I want to be. I'm currently working on a series pitch for a TV show just in my spare time, focusing on that and also working on a narrative script and working on a script for a short so we can (laughs) get something made. The most recent goal is to finish this script for a short and then hopefully get it financed and make it because as a director, we're in a position or as a director duo, we're in a position to get these meetings that, you know, three years ago, I wouldn't dream of getting. And it's always important to have ideas ready to go. Like, hey, this is, like, what do you have? What can you share with us? What do you have in the back of your mind that you've been wanting to create? What stories do you want to tell? So that's what I'm focused on. So when that opportunity arises, we're ready. and be like, this is a great idea. This is the story I want to tell. And it's, it's fleshed out. Read this. Yeah.
1: That makes a ton of sense. You know, mm-hmm. you might remember we talked about having your elevator pitch ready, right? In yeah, you
0: exactly. Stepped that.
1: into exactly. an elevator with somebody,
0: I, I, and that's what I have to do. I have to. I don't pitch a business. I'm pitching a story. I'm pitching a movie. I'm pitching a character, and that's something I think about all the time because it's the same thing. Yeah, it's freelance. It's creative. I'm not a business owner, but it's the same
1: thing. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Now. You know, a lot of the entrepreneurs I talk to are engaged like you. I mean, you said you might have two days and you got to get something out or you might have to turn something around really quickly, but you've got to have a personal life too. And how do you deal with all that? Do you have any systems, routines, rituals, anything that helps you get through all that and helps keep you grounded as a creative and as an entrepreneur, especially living in a pretty crazy city like uh, L.A.? (laughs)
0: Yeah. It's tough. It's tough because the freelance life will eat me alive. It definitely has its moments and it's different terrain every single day. Some days are great. Some months are great. And then other times it's like ghost town and you're just waiting. So it's a very consistent basis of keeping myself motivated, keeping myself mentally fit and mentally aware of like, this is what you signed up for. This is what the dream is. You are doing it right now. Even if right this moment, you're not doing it you are doing it and this is the compromise that we made as creatives and as entrepreneurs rather than just fulfilling someone else's dreams. And that is like the hardest thing. And as I say this now, like I wish I could tell myself this all the time and just be like, oh yeah, yeah, that's fine. Anxiety, you know, that's fine. Push that out of the way, but it's not that simple, but it is the truth and what we've made a agreement to do. And it's fun and it's rewarding. And this is saying, when you have work, you'll never be without work again. And when you don't have work, you'll never work again. And that's the truth. That's like the reality that we have given into. And it's human nature, I think. In terms of systems for me and what we have to do, the creative process and the balance Miles and I share with the creative process is very organized and it's very defined to the point where on set, every crew member or every person, every department knows who to ask which question to. And we both trust each other in those departments. Right. For instance, the makeup artist and the stylist come to me. They know they come to me. And Miles is like, oh, go to talk to AJ about that. And he trusts me about that because I have an opinion. I have a vision of like, no, this is good. This is bad. I like that. Maybe not that. And then... If he sees something, he'll vocalize it, and then we talk about it, and then we move on. And the same thing goes for the camera department. If the camera department's like, hey, which lens do we want to use on this? Do we want to go 50? Do we want to go 100? And I'll have an idea, and I'm like, but let's confirm that with Miles, because I know he is thinking of the edit in this scene. He knows what he's going to edit for this shot. So he has a better idea, like, well, we already have that. So he's just basically computing the algorithm in his mind of what we already have and what we need for this shot in this point of the edit. And he's like, no, 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 let's go to 100 millimeter because we already have the fifty. So that process and that system, it took a minute. And it was funny because in the beginning, we're like, why is this not working? What is this like this energy? And it's like, oh, well, we're only been working together like a year. Like it's only been a year. Things take so much time. Right. So the system of, while we're working, is great. It's the system when work is slow that takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of patience to constantly keep yourself motivated. And the biggest thing for me is just doing other creative work. If I can plug this book that I'm currently in the middle of doing, it's called sure. The Artist's Artist Way by Julia Cameron. And Julia Cameron is like a playwright, an author, a screenwriter, director. And the idea of the book is a weekly chapter to read and they have exercises at the back of them but every morning there's two main principles to the book one is being every morning you wake up and you write three longhand pages it's called the morning pages
1: yep i've done this
0: yeah which is just getting the cobwebs off draining your brain and giving yourself permission to write messy and it also conditions us to write no matter what mental state we're in. Because there's like a saying with creatives and writers that, oh, if I'm not angry or if I'm not sad, I can't write, or if I'm and a lot of creatives drink. And if they're not drunk, they can't be a good writer. And all of these like human conditions that we bring ourselves to, this gives you permission to no, you can write anytime because you just did it. And then the other main principle is the artist date, which is taking your inner child, your inner artist out on a date to do something creative. Go on a hike, go to an art gallery, go to the park, right? go on a bike ride, but by yourself. Because you're nurturing that inner child inside to say like, oh, you, you have the ability to go do these things and to explore and to create and you don't need to do it with anybody else. So that's my favorite thing as of late is going to art galleries alone and just being alone and being okay to be alone and then bringing my journal and just writing when thoughts come to mind. And those systems, I think, are the most difficult because that's when we're most conscious and we're most aware of like, oh, the bills are due and rent's due and life is coming at you fast and when's that next job, but it's staying sharp in those moments.
1: Yeah. I love that. And I love that book too. I'm so excited that you found it. Yeah. uh, It helped me through some of the times, you know, as a writer also Hmm. only on the academic side and even just some times in my life that were really tough because she talks about not censoring anything you write, right? You just, you just, Download it and it's very powerful. And you know, that's really, I'm excited to hear that you found that because creativity can and any other work that we're doing can really drain us. And if we don't fill that energy back up, and I'm sure you're around people, some people you know that bring energy and some people that take it away. (laughs) So so you have to take care of yourself in that regard. That's pretty cool. So, again, it's been so much fun to talk to you. I always like to ask my guests. And this is always a tough one. If there's one piece of advice that you could share with our listeners, you've already shared a lot of great ideas, but if there's one that you would like to kind of bring it full circle or encapsulate Mm. what we've talked about that you'd want to share with our listeners, what would that be?
0: I think that what it comes down to for me is the calculated risk, I think is my biggest takeaway with everything I've done. With everything I've learned over the last couple of years, and it's still a process and it's opening your ears up to everyone else around you. And it's understanding that we're all in it together with everyone surrounding you. And calculated risk is so important because it's not all easy and it's not supposed to be easy and it's not going to be easy, but it's learning and it's taking in as much information as possible and not thinking you know everything. and I don't know what I don't know. And if knowing that is real and that is true, that means that in order for me to make that decision, I have to do research. And if I don't do research, then I'm making a decision without any information at all. And then that's not smart because there's no analysis. There's no financial, there's no creative analysis. So it's calculated risk-taking and doing the research because you don't know what you don't know. And that drives me nuts. That (laughs) drives me insane, especially when people I'm working with are like, well... They're not sure. I'm like, well, we're making a video right now about it's supposed to look like a comic book. Like, Well, are we looking at any old comic book movies to figure out what this is supposed to look like? Because it's been done before. It's all there. It's all written in sand. We all know it. It's already archived. Let's take that information and apply it to what we are and then make it our own.
1: I love that. I love that. I know research is not something you wanted as an assignment in school.
0: Right. It's <laughs> but, funny, it, it, but it's all correct. It's all right. And it's like the youth is wasted on the young. It's so unfortunate <laughs> because it's like everything we learn in school and everything we do, it's like, well, I don't want to do it. And now I'm like, oh, man, so much wasted time. And I think for me, I always valued education. But even still, it's like, well, I have other things I want to do. I'll do that. I'll figure that out later. So I'm in school right now, just doing things. You know, I'm in yeah, some right. version of school.
1: That's exactly right. That's life, right? Yeah. And that's it's constant. Well, it, it's been awesome to talk to you, AJ. Thank you so much,
0: Doctor. I really I love it.
1: You. So yeah. before we close off, do a little pitch and where can our listeners that's, find you? You never know.
0: Yeah, so I direct with my friend, Miles Cable, and we are known as Miles and AJ. So if you go to milesandaj.com, it will connect you with our production company's website, which has all of our most recent work. Instagram is probably the other best place to reach us, at Miles and AJ, spelled the way it sounds, M I L E S A N D A J. And then from there, you can see our personal profiles as well to see all of our recent work and to what we're working on next. And yeah, that's all it is.
1: That's awesome. Thank you, AJ.
0: Thank you, Dr. Roy, I really appreciate
1: it.